Health Chats. I'm Claire Davis, and I'm here to bring you better emotional fitness. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening on podcast, please follow. This series is on depression, helping managers in organizations to help themselves and their teams with their emotional fitness. So we can spot the signs, have those conversations and bring positive mental health into the workplace. Today, my guest is Tolusha Francis. Hello, Tolusha, how are you? Very well, hello, Claire. How are you doing about that? I am very, very well, thank you. And it would be lovely to start with telling everybody here today where you're actually calling from. Lagos, Nigeria, West Africa. <laughs> wow, I love it. I absolutely love it. So Nigeria, West Africa, brilliant. So we can all experience depression in all different walks of life, wherever we are in the world. And Tolusha is going to tell us a little bit on depression in the workplace. We're going to look at the impact of depression in the workplace. So, Talusha, can you tell all the listeners out there, what do you feel depression is? Uh, okay, so um, it's, a good, it's a good place to start from, basically, because, uh, I mean, I believe that it's important to have an understanding of what this um, illness really is. So when we talk about depression, uh, it's, it's, there are two ways, right? So people think that a person who is depressed has to be all moody and all quiet and all um, just by one place, right? But there are times that a, a depressed person might be hyperactive, right? So it's not just being um, less active or a reduction in activity. But then how do you know that a person is depressed? How do you know that what you're experiencing is depression? Of course, you cannot sit down in the corner of your bedroom and conclude that you are depressed. There is a need for an assessment or a form of a diagnosis from uh, a mental health practitioner, right, for you to even know that you're depressed. But I mean, there are some signs. So um, one key sign uh, that might lead you to begin to suspect that uh, depression is setting in is when you experience consistent sadness for a period of two weeks, right? That, form, that kind of sadness that is not tied to anything. It's not because, um, your finances are down. It's not because you lost a job. You can have everything that you've ever dreamed of and you still, you still find yourself depressed. So when you find yourself in that state of sadness consistently for two weeks, nothing is changing. You need to begin to look out for help. Also, if you realize that you're beginning to lose interest in the things that you naturally would be interested at, you're beginning to lose interest in the things that should naturally excite you. Uh, you begin to experience some form of social anxiety. You don't want to interact with people. You just want to be all by yourself. Nothing is of interest to you. You don't even regard life anymore. You just want to stay where you are. You become very um, carefree about things, about life. Then you probably are experiencing a bout of depression. But what I usually tell people is don't wait until it gets severe. Don't wait until it becomes very serious. Uh, don't wait until the two weeks of constant sadness before you start seeking help. The moment you realize that your joy, your happiness, your, 
your excitement level is dropping, talk to someone. Because, um, so depression is like, pictured like you're driving, right? And you cannot see the next few meters or kilometers because you're up here where you have to descend a hill, right? So you can't see what is down until you get to the end of that hill and you have to descend. That's the way I see depression. So you're moving, right, on the cruise. You're okay, everything is fine. But you cannot see what is next. And so you just be like, okay, I'm just unhappy. Things will be fine. You know what, when I just rest, things will be fine. And you keep going and you keep going. You wouldn't know when you would finally get off the cliff. And so it's important that the moment you begin to realize that the, the flat surface that you're driving through is beginning to have rough edges, is beginning to have potholes, is beginning to have some bumps. Don't wait until you finally get to the one that spoils the tire before you ask for help. Thank you, Teresa. That's absolutely amazing. And I, I heard you use the word illness there. And I think we need to really understand if this is a prolonged low mood, people are actually ill. So what do you think in your experience actually causes depression? A whole lot of factors, a whole lot of factors. The list is endless. And I say a whole lot of factors because I hear people say that, um, that if you have everything that you need, you will not be depressed. But that's also not true, right? Um, a bad relationship can lead one into depression. Uh, a terrible environment where you're bothered about things that should be bothered about can cause it. Um, absence of job, employment, finances can lead to that. Um, a past experience, you know, can get triggered off and you just might find yourself sorrowing for days, for weeks, and before you say, Jack, you're off the cliff. So the truth of the matter is, um, it's not dependent on a stamped list of factors. And that's why when you go for an assessment, your, your therapist or your, or your psychologist asks questions, right? And that's because it's not casting stone for every individual. The genesis, the, the causative factors may differ from individual to individual, from environment to environment, from regions to regions of the world, temperate to tropics, it may differ. But one thing that is constant is that there will always be an item of unhappiness. There will always be that absence of joy. There will always be that presence of, of, of dissatisfaction. And these three things are enough to lead you into a thinking mode, which can then spiral into a whole lot of things. So if I come on here to say this, 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 this can cause depression, then someone listening to me can say, okay, but this didn't happen to me, yet I was diagnosed with depression. And that is why there is no, there is no, um, uh, the, the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Assessment Manual for Mental Health um, Diagnosis, has very factors that you check, right, across numbers, across scale, right, that you check for it is okay, if this person has this number of scores, this number of, um, um, Presenting presentations in terms of symptoms, then you can say, okay, this is mild, this is chronic, and all that. 
So if forecast is stone out, so it's important that you get an assessment from a professional. But like I said, certain things are clear, irrespective of gender, irrespective of race, irrespective of what part of the world you are, certain things are clear. Presence of dissatisfaction, absence of joy, absence of happiness, a great deal of sadness and um, discomfort will be there. Other things may now surround you. Wow, that's a brilliant explanation. Thank you for that, that explanation. It really, really does make sense. And I, I love the fact that you're using the word absent of joy and satisfaction. And that could be in any situation. That's not just in the workplace. It can be in our personal lives as well. So let's go back to the workplace though. And let's think about the workplace. And in your experience, what do you feel the impact is of people when they are depressed in the workplace? Honestly, Claire, we can't, we can't exhaust the, the list of the impact uh, to someone who is going through depression in the workplace. Your productivity drops. Yeah. <laughs> your productivity drops. Your relationship with your co-workers is affected. Yeah. You are this life of the office, and all of a sudden, you are relaxed. Your response to issues would change. Uh, sometimes you flare up for what is not necessary. Sometimes you respond to emails in a terrible way and everybody's wondering what has come over you. Yeah. People don't understand what is happening because, you see, I tell people that the painful part uh, or the painful thing about mental illness is that you can't see it. You can't, you only see the behavior. Yeah. You can't see the thoughts. You yeah. can't see the feelings. You only get to see the behavior. So I talk about problem feeling, problem thinking, problem behavior. So the thinking and the feeling all happen internally. It's the behavior that people see. Unfortunately, you get judged immediately. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden you become so rude. Oh, you think because, because you're promoted, that's why you can do what you're doing now, right? Oh, because you just got married, you feel like you've arrived, right? Oh, because they gave you an award. So you feel um, you, are, you are the most important person in this office. The rest of us should keep quiet and not talk. But nobody understands what's happening internally. And so it's, it could be pretty difficult coping with depression in the workplace. And you see, that's why you can't rule out the power of having a community. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily a large one. No matter how small it is, you have people who will judge you, will listen to you, empathize with you, right, and try to listen to what you have to say. And so when you find yourself in a workplace with um, this particular illness, it's important that your coworkers understand that nobody changes all of a sudden. There is something wrong somewhere. And each time I have the opportunity to speak to people in the workplace, I say, I say look, a person might come to the office and smile, yet that person is not feeling fine. So can we move the interaction away from just responsibilities and tasks in the office to actually check on ourselves? Yeah. Can we indeed find out time for team bonding? Yeah. You see, in the process of team bonding, you would find one or two persons that you share an affiliation with, that you are home with, 
that you're comfortable with. And when things like this happen, you are able to share with them what is happening to you, what you're experiencing. And so, I mean, <laughs> the response and the, the, the physical presentation or manifestation of depression in the workplace differs from person to person. Yeah. Because the kind of work you do might help it show faster. For example, if you have reasons to interact with customers, yeah. it might show faster than if you work on the bench or behind the system. Yeah. If you work on the street, it may not show as much as it will show if you are in the office. So, but the most important thing is there will be a change in behavior either towards people or the way this fellow does certain things. And at that point, we need to begin to pay attention to each other. So the manifestations vary from person to person. Um, and, and some of those factors include the work type that you do, uh, the role that you, that you bear in that particular office. All of these have a way of affecting when it shows, how it shows, because what other factor is to who do you reflect these behaviors? Oh, thank you so much for your really wise words there. And I love the two key points that you said there in the workplace is opening up those communications. So that's opening up the conversations, which is what I'm all about helping people with. But secondly, is the team bonding. We get on with the team. We can spot those signs so much earlier and we can bond so much better. So thank you very much, Lucia, for your your key facts there. So everybody's probably wondering, it says there that you're the mentalist. Everyone's probably wondering, what do you actually do and where can people find you? Because <laughs> you're such a passionate person with so many wise words, people want to probably find you. So yes, yeah, so I, I, coined, I coined the word the mentalist from my serious and deep passion for mental health. Um, I love, I love to talk and speak about mental health any time of my life. It gives me joy uh, when I'm able to educate people uh, about mental health and mental illness. So that, hey, guy, just call yourself a mentalist, you know? Um, yeah, so I'm available on social media. My name and surname together, Tolusha, T-O-L-U-S-E, Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S, one word on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I'm also on YouTube, same name, Tolusha Francis, but this time around separate them. Uh, and then because my podcast, The Rising Heroes, um, and on Substack as well. Just go on Google and put out my name out there. You'll find me anywhere. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your wise words and for opening up this conversation on depression and how it impacts in the workplace. Because as we are all aware with regards to the statistics, depression is now the leading cause of illness in the workplace. So we need to look after our people. We need to look after ourselves and we need to support each other. So thank it's you. Good. We do. Thank you and take care. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed the chat. If you found any of the tips useful, follow Mental Health Chats. Thank you.